Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. I think another round of applause for them is in order. Thank you very much on this very special day. And I just want to start by wishing all of us happy Father's Day. It's, it's only on Father's Day that you see wishes like, may the womb that gave birth to this father be blessed and may the father to be blessed. And sometimes you can't really tell whether the mothers are still finding a way to share our day with us. But this is our day. This is our day and we, I think we should, be, we should also rejoice and be glad in it. So, fathers, this is a day to be proud that you're a father. This is the day not to hide, but to stand up and be counted and to show the whole world that we are indeed proud to be fathers. And we are glad to be part of God's mandate of what he wants to be what he wants to do on this earth. So, yeah, sometimes we feel unappreciated. There are times we get badged, rightfully so, in some cases. But in all of that, we still play a very key role in God's mandate here on this earth. And this morning, I just want to take the opportunity to share on there on the subject of legacy, legacy. And my uncle's scripture is from Proverbs 13, verse 22, legacy. So why are we talking about legacy on Father's Day? Because throughout the Bible, especially in a very patriarchal society like the Jewish society, they always saw it as a father's responsibility to leave a legacy. And so on a day like this, I think there couldn't have been a more fitting subject than that. So Proverbs 13, verse 22. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. So when we talk about legacy, especially in the Christian context, what are we talking about? What legacy do we expect of Christian fathers? So the first one is the concept of inheritance. So one of the legacies that we expect of Christian fathers is inheritance. The other one is a good name. A good name. And the last one is the power of a good example. So inheritance, a good name, and the power of a good example. And sometimes when we talk about inheritance, I even dare say wealth. But I don't want to talk about wealth because the concept of wealth has been so abused that whenever you talk about wealth, it's as if gather more for yourself. But wealth is a good thing. It's, it's a very good thing that Christians become wealthy. And they see themselves as a conduit through which God will change this world. So wealth, if you are not comfortable with wealth, 
I hope that you get comfortable. The, so, for, for the sake of those who are not too comfortable and they see it as too materialistic, maybe we'll talk about just we'll stick to the inheritance. And I believe that God expects a good man to leave an inheritance for his children's children just because he's aware of the deposit he's put in that man. That when he commissioned him from the Garden of Eden, he told him clearly that be fruitful, number one, multiply, number two, and replenish the earth. And there's no way you can fulfill this mandate without wanting to live an inheritance. I'm aware that sometimes there are people who by the time you're going to bury them, they've actually exhausted all the, the wealth that they created in their lifetime or the inheritance they were supposed to, and they actually live at debt. But that's not a Christian concept. And I'm not talking about quantum. I'm not talking about the amount of money. I'm not talking about the amount of material things or the number of homes you leave behind. But I'm talking about living your life bearing in mind that you have a mandate to be fruitful, to multiply, and to replenish. And by the time you're leaving, you should leave something behind. And as for the quantum of the something, I leave it to your judgment because you can tell how my deposit God has put in you. You know how many opportunities have come your way. I work with a certain gentleman. Okay, he wasn't a gentleman. Okay, so he was older. At that time, he was just about going on retirement. And sometimes he would call me and say, Eugene! The money that has come through my hands, you have no idea. And, and you, you, you just see him and you can see the regret that at that stage of his life, when he's just about going on retirement and he has had a fairly good job, he cannot look back and be able to say that this is what I'm leaving behind. So as to the quantum, we leave it to you to determine what, based on the opportunities God has given you, and what you believe that is the responsible thing to do. And remember that it's not just to accumulate. In fact, through even your giving as a Christian father, you can teach your children that when you are no more, they can even continue the spirit of giving. So, this morning, I just whilst we're talking about um, this whole Father's Day, Father's Day, I just want us to draw our minds to the fact that we have a clear mandate and by the time we're leaving this place, we ought not to leave liabilities. We need to leave assets. We don't need to exit this place after having the privilege of being fathers to burden the people we left behind with more problem. Rather, we should leave this place having made the world a better place for them. And in Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 29, the Bible says that the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the, the, the children's teeth are set on the edge. So there are times where by the time we're leaving, 
we've created so much problem for the generations. So just as you can leave um, inheritance for your children's children, you, if you don't manage your life well as a Christian father, you can actually leave conflict and, and problems for your children's children too. And really, you put them in a situation where indeed their, their teeth will be set on the edge. And recently, I, and, and sometimes, even before I come to that, sometimes we, we meet people who, who, I mean, when they talk about their fathers, they don't talk about them very fondly. They talk about how their father used to have money, blah, 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 and they left nothing. And for us, because we know better, we want to live a better example. Because for some of them, they didn't also have good role models. But by God's grace, through Christ. Because some of us didn't really have that setting where father and mother lives, we li- they live together and you see that example. But through going to church, having other fatherly figures in church and all of that, we turned out to at least come out a better version of what we saw. And what we want to do is that by the time we're leaving, we're also leaving a better version of what we saw for others to also build on. And that's legacy. I think I've told you before that I met a lady at a conference who, she was a speaker actually, and she said that if you, I'm still talking about inheritance said if you don't have three streams of income aside what you do you are living dangerously and it really challenged me recently I had the privilege of being in that same conference again, and guess what the woman said, if you don't have seven streams of income you are putting your family at risk if all you're doing is to live as a Christian father on one income, you're putting your family at risk. And that at the minimum, you should have seven streams of income. Somebody will say, oh, come on, that's too materialistic. What's all this? We are living, this earth is not our place. What's all money, 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 money? Our Bible says that the borrower is a slave to the lender. So it's not, money is also a defense. And talking about multiple streams of income, I think it's just to challenge us into thinking and to bringing out what God... And he said, if you have seven... She said, if you have seven homes, don't think you have three, seven streams of income. You have one. Because when the property market goes down, one, that, whole seven, that, that whole thing just crumbles. So what she's saying, she's, she's making us dig deeper and start thinking, what else could I do? What legitimate may I add? legit because these days it just gets confusing very convoluted out there because it looks like everything is okay once you're making money out of it so this morning if you permit me I also want to challenge you how many streams of income you have, do you have and maybe you heard the woman and I, I told her I mean when after the when after she spoke, I said look when I heard you the first time I went home thinking and just when I was making an attempt to get closer to what you're talking about, now you're talking about seven. Then she burst into laughter. But that's the thinking. God has deposited so much in us that we can. And if we do, we can live behind an inheritance for our children's children. And, and one of the things you see very rich people do is that they, especially those um, families that have generations of wealth, they, they also they don't just 
make the inheritance, but they train their children even how to keep the inheritance. So you have very wealthy people, they die, and the children they leave behind cannot even manage the inheritance to the next level. So part of your, our fatherly responsibility as Christians is also to teach our children how to do business right, how to do business ethically, how to sustain well, how to grow, how to make good choices. Otherwise, this whole children's children thing will never materialize. Because if everybody lives for their children's children, won't the world be a better place? If we come in this world and all our focus is on living for our children's children, we will all, because my grandfather would have done it for me, and all I'm doing is to do it for my grandchildren, and it just goes on, on and on. The other one is a good name. So we've talked about inheritance. We're talking about a good name now. Bible says in Ecclesiastes 7 verse 1 that a good name is better than fine perfume. And when I saw that scripture, it just hit me. And there's this thing about perfume. If you like it, especially if it's fine this way, the way the Bible is talking about, you don't want, the, you don't want it to leave your, your presence. It ling- you, want to, you get attracted to it. And sometimes you ask people about it and you want it to stay. You get attracted to it. And, and, and remember, the Bible, so in the same scripture that talks about a good man will, lay, um, will leave an inheritance for his children, it says that the wealth of the sinner is also laid for the, 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 the righteous. So sometimes we can also go, I mean, we break legs, do everything and accumulate wealth in the wrong way and sometimes your children's children will even know no peace because whatever you accumulated for them is not meant for them so it just calls for us to start rethinking even the way we do business the way we conduct ourselves if you're talking about multiple streams of income it's not multiple deals multiple corrupt deals no talking about going deep into you and asking God what else can I do that will make me be able to leave an inheritance for my children's children. In Proverbs 22 to, um, verse 1, it talks about, it says, a good name is to be chosen above great riches. So in terms of hierarchy, the Christian father or the Christian leader has been admonished at all times to choose a good name over great riches and we see it the other way around and, and sometimes you ask who are those people doing all the deals and all of that and honestly check their homes this morning there is nobody at home we are all in church we are all in church we are all going to our mosque and all the various places but we are work, working in this world with a view that great riches is to be chosen above a good name. Bible is saying in Proverbs 22 verse 1 that a good name is to be chosen above great riches. Meaning that I may not have much to my name but if I live a good name that goodwill that follows the good name can be a blessing for my children's 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 children. And we see it happening in this world where you say, oh, this is your father. Oh, is this, oh, Okay, okay, sit down, sit down, sit down. Don't worry, don't worry. 
but we've come into a world where you need to have a drink gun, house in a drink gun, or East Legon Hills, East Legon, this, um, Trasaco, this, this, all of that. And it doesn't matter what you do. And sometimes we see people come tumbling down at a point where you think they're just about hitting the very apex of their career. That because they chose great riches over a good name, one scandal, then everything goes. Then you go, so this person, I mean, <laughs> sometimes on the day of that person's funeral, when you decide to do his net worth, you realize that he's actually left a debt. Because in addition to everything being taken back by the government, and assets being sold and everything, now the family will now have to find a way to even take care of him. So he goes leaving a debt behind. And I also noticed that this whole thing about a good name is a choice. So it says a good name is to be chosen above great riches. So as Christian fathers, let's leave here today thinking about this. And whenever the opportunity, because things will come your way. Sometimes it's not because you go and look for the thing. It comes to you. Oh, if we just do this and we do this. And it always appears very innocuous. But every time you're making a decision, remember that a good name, having a good name is a choice. And I saw the scripture in 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1, where David said, Is there anyone left in the house of Saul that I may show kindness to for the sake of Jonathan? Is there anyone left? And what did Jonathan bring to David's life? Just because of the, his good name, his son Mephibosheth, who at that time was crippled because of an, an accident he had, they had to find him and bring, give him a, bring him and give him a special place on the king's table and restore all his father's wealth to him. Jonathan was dead and gone. But because of his good deed, may our children attract blessings. May our children's children attract blessings because of the choices we are making today as Christian fathers. May people call them and say, I will favor you because my father gave me a job when I was a national service personnel and he didn't take anything in return. You know what I mean. Let me say it in another way. Your father gave me a job when I was a young lady. Came to do national service and he didn't take anything in return. And because of what your father did for me, I will do this for you. The other one, so, 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 all of a sudden, Mephibosheth's status changed because of what Jonathan had done. The last one is the power of a good example. And one of the things, so I didn't live with my father and my mother. I didn't have the pleasure of seeing them interact and marry and show me how to marry. I learned how to marry from church and from good Christian leaders. 
So for all you know, you're also somebody's, somebody's word. So this morning, whilst I was reflecting, I remembered a man who was a great inspiration to me. He never called me and told me he was mentoring me, but he did mentor me. Anytime I went to his house and I saw the way he and his wife interacted and his kids, and the way he conducted himself, I just wanted to get married too and have the same setup like him. So this morning, I sent him a message. And it's been years since I heard from him. So may someone also look back and thank you. Or maybe thank your children's children for the good example you gave them. And there are still people who are looking for fathers. There are still people who are looking for fathers. Because the biological fathers, some way, somehow, today is Father's Day, so we just have to some way, somehow, the biological fathers evaporated. And they're looking for people who say, don't worry, I still believe in you. You're beautiful. You're you're good enough. You can make it. Let me put my hands around your neck. Come on, don't worry. Yeah, it's just, just a page. Oh, it's just a page. We'll flip a new chapter. You can do it. Those things. Who said you are not good enough? You're good. Yeah, they say you can't read, but you can draw. So yeah, let's let's get you to be the best artist around whilst we help you to improve your reading. The world is still, there are people who are still, and may, as we live here, may we commit to extend beyond our immediate families to be a blessing to people who are also looking for fathers. So, for the, I was talking about the marriage example. So, for all you know, you are the only university, your marriage is the only university that your children will, see, will attend or your home. And it's the only example. So, the last time, a lady friend of mine was telling me that one day she came home and she caught her father misbehaving in her mother's absence. And that thing has never left her memory. So when people talk about marriage and men being faithful and she, she looks at her father's example. So she that the marriage she, she's inside cry her heart. But yeah, yeah, because she, she has written because they know that Charlie. But in the home, let's just be mindful as Christian fathers that the conduct the, the conduct we put out, how we interact with our wives and the, the kids. Is the example that our children were. And, and there are people you talk to them and they can't finish a conversation without talking about my father told me this, my father said this, my father, and you see the fondness. But that one attracts no school fees, right? But you're teaching. And you've heard, I'm sure you've heard about monkey see, monkey do. So what they're looking at, if you slap your wife because you think that that's the way to end an argument. Don't be surprised your son does sing. If you make your wife feel that she's the rag on which she should walk, don't be surprised that when your son or your daughter gets into a marriage, that's the value she'll place on herself. So we have a very big responsibility as Christian fathers, especially in setting the tone as well of the home environment, how it's supposed to be. And I like one thing that Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 9 says what you have listened, what you have received and what you have seen me do 
do. That's powerful. Can we tell, as Christian fathers, can we tell our sons and our daughters that the things you have seen me do, I'm not cutting a cue because that's the right thing to do. Because you can't give me a lecture on not cutting cues. When I go to the mall with you, I see you cutting cues. I see you insulting people. I see you laughing over getting an upper hand on, over someone. And now you're giving me a lecture on ethics. But most importantly, Bible says in Proverbs 22 verse 6, that we should train up our children in the way they should go. And when they grow, they will never depart from it. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, it talks about a, an inheritance that will not, does not fade or cannot be corrupted. So after we've done all these things, our responsibility in the home is point our children and the people who look up to us to that incorruptible inheritance. Because after all is said and done, we'll go. We'll go. And when we leave, let the power of that example pointing them constantly to that incorruptible inheritance that does not fade let that be the thing that keeps them on course not the lectures you gave them the things they saw you do bringing them to church praying together telling them that look it's not about how much it's not all about how much you have it's not all about how much you have because a man's life is not measured in these things. Yeah, grow to your full capacity. Optimize the full potential God has given you. But all this competition, a second house, a third house, a 200 bills, a 200 stealing, cheating. If your means can, can, if you can afford it, do it. I know a certain man, he had so many houses. When he died in his will, he gave one of his houses to a church. If you can afford to do it. But this whole race for the bottom that we see, the stealing, the thievery, the corruption, things that we see in our country, that's what we're talking about. So we have a responsibility to point our children to these things. Because if you set your mind on the things above, it changes your value system changes your value system. And I believe that today this message has been a blessing to all the fathers in this house and I dare say the mothers here as well. Shall we close our eyes? Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I to pray this morning just give our hearts to God and tell him that he should help us 
be the godly fathers that he has set us out to be. So wherever you are, just ask God for help and he will help us. He will help us. Oh Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every love for us. We thank you that you continue to speak to us. Father, by our own strength we cannot do this. Therefore, this morning we pray that you will help us to be the godly fathers that you have called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Eugene. Can you give a round of applause for that? Thank you so much. So we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge all the fathers in ACC. So every man seated here, can you please stand? Let's just acknowledge them with a round of applause. On behalf of ACC and all the ladies, all the mummies and all the children, we want to say happy, 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 happy Father's Day. We have something for you. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.